Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We are your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, August 19th. And in today's episode, we are joined by Orlando Magic HQ writer, Kieran. What's up, gentlemen? What's up? How are we doing? Good, good. In today's episode, um, we're finally going to get a chance to talk about the uh, what, what I feel is a little, a little touchy subject uh, that's going on in, in the Magic universe and, and the rumors. Not necessarily rumors, but the idea of the Magic potentially or not potentially going after Jordan Poole in free agency. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few. Um, the Orlando Magic new schedule for this upcoming season has been released. We'll talk about that. But before we do, I have a question for both of you. Before we talk about the Orlando Magic, um, obviously there's no secret around the controversy of, of Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets about him really trying to force his way out of Brooklyn um, right after signing a, a massive contract extension. So my question to the both of you is, do the players have way too much power when it comes to their contracts and being able to move teams whenever they please? And uh, Kieran, I'll, I'll give that to you first. Um, I, I don't know about too much power. I, I think it's becoming an issue of like they're just trying to hold leverage. It's, it's really like very situation dependent because um, when you look at the, the Ben Simmons issue like he didn't have a lot of leverage until the very end when you know they realized that Harden also wanted out of Brooklyn most of the time he was just sitting on the bench and he didn't get a lot of um a, a lot of exposure to to what he really wanted was to you know be actively shocked he didn't want to be in Philly anymore but with the KD thing it's like I, I don't necessarily think it's too much power I, I just think it, it's players are, are are getting a little too trigger happy when it comes to quitting on their teams like like katie never really gave that that brooklyn team a, a fair chance to be fully healthy they even went to um i think it was was the eastern conference finals with with milwaukee yep and, and semifinals semifinals um and and they still put up a pretty good a pretty good fight and i just i don't think that he really gave them a fair chance um and and he kind of reaps what he sows you know that that was the team that he he really wanted he he made a lot of uh, moves to build the correct team around him. He asked for Nash. He did all this with with uh, with Harden and to get Kyrie to sign there, two max spots and all that. But and, and it kind of blew up in his face. And 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 now I I don't necessarily think that he's in the wrong, but I think out of all the people involved, he should probably be the one to pay for it instead of the whole Brooklyn Nets as an organization because this could set him back a while. You know, if you don't have a top five player wanting to be on your team. Who are you going to want to be? Who is going to want to be on your team? You know, so it, it's it's looking scary for Brooklyn, but um, 
I wouldn't necessarily say I have too much power. I just think it's very situation dependent, you know? It's weird because I I feel like Brooklyn, they, they just, they've had issues ever since they moved to Brooklyn from, you know, Darren Williams and Joe Johnson to them transitioning to Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and just getting completely fleeced in that Boston deal and and then finally turning things around and getting Kevin Durant and Kyrie and them kind of forcing the Knicks to look more poverty or being the poverty franchise in terms of, you know, basketball in the Mecca. And I feel like they, they just, they can't catch a break. And I feel bad. A part of me does really feel bad because in New York, they're obviously the, the Clippers of New York. And yeah. you take a look at California Clippers, LA, even if you want to even throw the magic in there, it's no secret. My Miami gets the, the favoritism over the Orlando magic. So a part of me does kind of feel bad at the same time. It's kind of like Kevin Durant got everything that he asked for from the head coach to the players, to the contract. They got to play in New York. Like you literally got everything that you wanted. And now it's kind of like, Nah, I don't I don't have trust in, in the front office. So it's either them or it's me. You guys decide. And it's like you asked for this. The one thing that all these, you know, high elite caliber players that they want is they want to be able to make decisions. But then when they make decisions, when it comes to front office decisions or personnel decisions, and it doesn't work out, nobody wants to take responsibility for it. Not LeBron, not Kevin Durant. Nobody wants to take responsibility for it. They're quick to point the finger. And the easiest thing for Kevin Gar- uh, for Kevin Durant to do is say, hey, I want to be out. And what's the worst is that these players know the system. And the agents, they're the ones that kind of prepare their players as well because they're saying, listen, take the money now. And if you want to leave, you can leave. There's nothing stopping you to do that. And all these teams are afraid of bad publicity. They're, they don't want any headaches or, or issues or whatever the case may be. But if Brooklyn really wanted to be that team, they can force Kevin Durant to play. Cause we know that Kevin Durant is not going to be Ben Simmons and say, well, I'm just not going to play. I mean, at least I don't see that happening. What do you think? Al? So that's the problem is that we're hearing now that he may sit out, even though we know he's a hooper and he wants to play, but let's look at two examples that happened the last year and a half. You got Simmons as Kieran mentioned, who just chose not to play, right? He made up, or what do you want to call it? This back injury, this mental health mental situation. Health. We don't want to, again, assume because we were not there. So if it happened, it happened. We don't know. But from the we outside looking in, it looked like he made it up, right? James Harden showed up to camp at least 20 pounds overweight. The dude did not care. He was walking up and down the court, forcing the Rockets to trade him. So maybe to make this more real, real to hit our audience a little more, let's play this game. So assume... We sign KD instead of the Nets. We hand this kid the franchise. We say, listen, whatever you want. We hire the coach he wants us to hire. The GM, he's happy with. He's making all the moves that he wants. He signed DeAndre Jordan, to, who was his buddy at the time. You know, he wanted uh, James Harden to come to Orlando too. Hey, guess what? We're going to trade six first-round picks, whatever it takes. Let's bring Harden here. Now, guess what? All that goes downhill. And all of a sudden now, that KD that we gave all of our money to now wants to leave. So Orlando builds a whole bunch of restaurants in downtown. Orlando hires his coach that really shouldn't have been hired. 
it's impacting the community. It's impacting the team. It's impacting the job of the GM. It's impacting everyone involved, man. And this is what I think the players don't realize. I get it. Their thinking is that the owners make a ton of money. They can afford it. But what about the employees in the arena? What about the restaurant owner that built a restaurant near the arena because the economy was going to boom? Just like when LeBron left Cleveland multiple times. Downtown boomed when he was there. When he left, it collapsed. So there's a lot that goes into these decisions. And I think, like Kieran said, I don't want to call it too much power, but I do want to call it that it's getting out of control. And the NBA is going to have to step in and say, hey, if you're going to sign a five-year contract, you got to commit. And if you don't, you want to get traded, there's going to be a repercussion to those players. What that is, we don't know. But it cannot be committed money, guaranteed money. And whether you play or not, you get it. And whether you want to be on, you know, load management or not, you still get paid the same. Like Kyrie Irving, this dude has not played more than 60 games in years. This year, there's rumors saying that he didn't want to, uh, in his contract, he wanted a clause where he was not going to play more than 60 games. I'm like, what is this? Like, it's insane what's happening these days. Um, so with that being said, that's what he, he had that in his contract. He wanted to add it in his contract. He wanted was, uh, to have that he won't play more than 60 games. Correct. Yeah. And well, I forgot, you remember the, the year before he had the, the whole, during the COVID season, he, he literally just took a break, just, just to take a break. Yep. He didn't even show up. So I think he called uh, it. I'm not surprised uh, at it being Kyrie. Yeah. I think he called it inhuman. The fact that he has to play more than 60 games. My I'm like, goodness. bro, like in one year, you're making way more than probably the three of us combined are going to make in the next 30 years. Yeah. And that's what players yeah. don't realize. Like they have this position in life where they are making, you know, insane family, you know, transitional money for the whole life. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we don't want to play basketball. Well, that wouldn't be possible if you don't play basketball. So it's like. So I don't know. I, again, I think there's rumors going on around the NBA saying this next CBA agreement, there's going to be some changes to what things, how things are done in free agency and contracts. So we'll see what happens. But all I will say is, if you put it, not Brooklyn, but think about the magic being involved in all this with Simmons, with KD, how would we feel as fans? Like all of a sudden, we gave up our entire franchise to sign this dude and his friends, but now we're going to suck for the next eight years as a result without winning anything. Because that's the yeah. next right now. They're not yeah, winning anything. I, 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 thought of a, I thought of a, a good like analogy to put it like we or Dwight Howard already gets a ton of flack in Orlando because he he shipped out Van Gundy. You know, he was kind of one of the big reasons why that whole accord was a downfall, you know. But imagine if Dwight handpicked Van Gundy, Dwight handpicked his teammates, and then he did that and and shipped out Van Gundy and did all that. He would not show his face in Orlando, he would not even think of it. We would we would crucify him like I, I don't blame Brooklyn if they don't ever want to hear about Kevin Durant again, because like th- this is unheard of stuff to, to literally get everything you wanted handed to you on, on a silver platter and it doesn't work out. And you want to blame other people and you want out and, and you don't want to clean up your mess. It's like 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 Al said, like they need to start someone needs to start taking responsibility at some point, because otherwise these guys are going to get paid you know, millions and millions, like generational wealth to provide for their family, you know, hundreds of years on. And they're just sitting around doing nothing because they can, because they don't want to be there. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about, but it's real. So I, I hope that like we said, the CBA agreement um, for next year, that they kind of go deeper into that, that they can explore like, Hey, we need to control this because it's getting to a point where players can really just free ring. They don't, these people are paying, you know, 
hard-earned money to go watch you play basketball and you're sitting out just because you don't want to, you know? So they have to watch like Joe Harris, you know, <laughs> drop 20. Like no one wants to see that. So college football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same-game parlay for a shot on an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one you like, which team will win, which team will score first, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sports app now, use promo code TBPN, bet just $5 on college football, and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. One per customer, minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. So here, here's my thing about Brooklyn. Brooklyn, they may be financially invested, but they're not time invested. I feel like for us, it was a lot harder with Dwight Howard because we drafted him, we molded him, we went to the finals with him. So when he said, I no longer no longer want to be a part of this team, I want to be traded, that would hurt a franchise. But with Brooklyn, they're, they're in a good spot, right? If I'm them, I would trade Kevin Durant in a heartbeat. Start fresh, your, uh, start a rebuild, go in and trade Kyrie, trade the both of them, keep Steve Nash. I think Steve Nash was, um, he's way over, way over his head because... First-time coach, yeah, he's one of the best point guards to ever play in the NBA. I get that. But at the same time, I don't, I don't think he was really ready for the personalities of, of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You can call it a perfect storm with COVID and whatnot. Um, but it's just not it's not good. But if you and Matt, if you if you can really get back at you see you see what the Jazz are are trying to get for Donovan Mitchell. You see what they got for Gobert. Imagine what you're gonna get for Kevin Durant. And this is literally like how much how much longer does Kevin Durant really have? But you still have a lot of value there where you can get a lot back, and somebody is going to pay that. And I, I just think that if you're going to do that, because he's going to get traded, he's not he's not going to finish his contract. It's going to happen. But now is the perfect time to kind of reset completely, build around a player like Ben Simmons, see what you have there, and then kind of kind of go from there. Now is the perfect time to do it. It's just, uh, it's kind of painful, right? When you think about, like you said earlier, everything they've done in the past, Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, KG, Pope Pierce, all that crap. And then you finally think you got it done, right? You got Kyrie, you got KD. And what do you got to show for it? A few wins in the playoffs in like, what, three, four years? 
it's a rough, it's a tough pill to swallow. And again, it, there's really no need for it. They got a good team. They have a chance to win this season. What happened with KD? Nobody knows. But the impact that it's having, I mean, we we know very well what the impact is of all this, right? So you you had Dwight, and we're still here 12, 13 years later, suffering the impact of Dwight wanting out. So it's it's rough. It can set your team back years and years. And as a fan base, it's tough, man, because these guys, again, they're getting paid what they want. They're getting what they're they're treated like the king of the city when they're in town and they're living in town. And they still don't want to be here anymore. And again, the impact that it has is drastic on your team. So we'll see what happens with all this. And I think we've talked about it plenty in today's episode. But it's just, let's see how the NBA handles it. Based on what we're hearing, there's changes coming. I'm intrigued to see how that will look. Absolutely. So enough about the NBA. Let's let's get into Magic Basketball. So the big news that we've heard is that some random Easter Conference executive, and this was reported by Heavy.com, but some random... NBA Eastern Conference executive says that the Magic could pursue Jordan Poole in free agency. Now, the really big thing to remember is that Jordan Poole is not eligible to become a a restricted, a restricted free agent until next season, which means first we got to find out a lot of things need to happen before this can even be possible. The first thing we need to find out is whether or not the Golden State Warriors um, will even offer, offer him a contract sheet, which we, pretty confident that they will then jordan Poole will have the decision whether or not he would either want to sign with golden state or test his luck in free agency in which then the orlando magic or any other team could offer him a contract and then we have to wait and see whether or not golden state will then make the decision to either match a contract or let him walk with that being said first and foremost is it too early for us to even be thinking about jordan Poole and if it's not too early, do you like the move? Do you like the fit? Can you see a player like Jordan Poole fitting with the players that we have? Kieran? Yeah, I, I, I think it's like the perfect fit um, just because, I mean, you know how much this team loves its Michigan guys. I, I think instantly that would that would click a lot. He, he knows like the type of uh, the type of basketball, the brand that they play. So I think he'd fit in with the team first and foremost. Um, and it's been a long time since the Magic have had like a, a scoring guard, a, a combo guard that can sort of just put the ball in the bucket when you need him to. Um, given the keys, sort of like a, a offensively, obviously you want Paolo to be very involved. You want Franz to be very involved, but I, I, I do think he's that combo wing scorer that we've been missing for a long time. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's unrealistic to start wanting to to think about that now, um, simply because of how how uh, deep into into trouble the Warriors are with the tax. Uh, how how willing they are to keep that core together, you know, like how they're just so drastically uh, stuck with you know the Steph Clay Draymond team. Um, I I doubt that they they'd switch that up over Jordan Poole, um, especially since Poole is still younger. I wouldn't say he doesn't fit their timeline. Obviously, he just helped them win a ring, but it's it's more of a, a question of are they willing to pay that? And we are, I think, on track to have sixty million in cap uh, if we let off our um, qualifying offers uh, if we let them go. So we'll have enough money to give him a bag and then some. So I, I doubt that money's going to be an issue for the Magic. Um, I, I think it's their time to, to make a splash in free agency. So I, if obviously he has a course of the season, you know, we never know. Last season might be like, I'm not saying it's a fluke, but it might be sort of the the, the outlier of his career. Maybe that's the case. So if he ends up being a little worse this year, I, I wouldn't, I would reconsider. But if he's still that same guy, that same, you know, 22, 24 points a game on a, a very good team. 
and you see it by playoff time that he's still that guy, then I, I'd say I don't have a problem with giving him around, you know, 25, 30 mil. I wouldn't have an issue with that. I think the biggest thing there is this kid is 23 years old, right? So age fits a timeline with the magic. Um, to answer your question, Ant, the issue with Poole and the Warriors is, like Kieran mentioned, the tax. They're paying so much money to keep this team together, which you got to respect, right? Like they're, their owner's putting the wallet out and saying, we're going to pay to win. We're going to keep our guys. Now it's getting to a point where it's getting serious. Like if you're going to keep Poole at a decent contract, which he deserves, you're going to pay even more tax, which is getting, again, out of control as it is. So they're going to have to make some decisions. One big rumor we're hearing is Draymond Green. He, he wants to get a max contract. Do the Warriors pay him that? If they don't, which I wouldn't think they want to upset Steph and Clay, so they'll make that work some way, somehow. But somebody's going to suffer. And I think that could be pulled at that point. So a scenario that has thrown my mind is you throw the bag at him next year. The Warriors realize, hey, maybe we don't want to match that contract. It's, it's too heavy for us. You do a sign and trade at that point. Heck, would they want maybe a guy like Mo Bamba? Do they want a guy in Chuma Okiki? Do they want a package of young guys? Uh, whatever it may be. That discussion can be had. But what I like about him is that he's young. He's a pure scorer in this league. He's done it in the regular season. And to your point, Karen, if he had only done it in the regular season, I, I may believe it's a fluke. But this kid did it in the NBA Finals in Boston in Game 6. This dude was hitting threes left and right with confidence. So if you tell me that next year you have a chance to drop a lineup of Jordan Poole, Franz, Paolo, and Wendell Carter with any point guard, whether it's Cole, Suggs, or Markel out there, that's a really, really fun team. Um, and still got flexibility to the more down the road. So if you ask me, I don't know what the hesitation might be. Some people want to go ahead and trade for Donovan Mitchell. Well, guess what? That's going to cost you some young guys and a ton of picks. This won't cost you anything. This costs you what you've been preparing for all along, which is having flexibility. It's going to cost you money, which we have plenty of. And to your final point, Karen, this kid went to Michigan. We know how we feel about that. So I don't know. I, I hope that where there's smoke, there's some fire behind it because this kid would fit in nicely in Orlando. Yeah. The So I, I view Jordan Poole as a, it's a double-edged sword, right? Some people view him and you just don't know if him being realistically being what the fourth option behind Wiggins, Steph and Clay, if he's more of a system player because the Warriors have a good system um, or he's a player that is waiting to break out. This might be a really bad analogy, but Tracy McGrady was ready to leave the Raptors because he didn't want to play underneath, you know, Vince Carter. He didn't want to be in that shadow and he wanted to be able to have his own team. This allows the reason why I think Poole would do it is because this gives him that opportunity. If he's going day in and day out, battling against Steph and Clay on a daily basis in practice, um, and you know, playing with them in the game, won a national, won, won a championship. You you look at all these different factors and dynamics, and you can say, man, you bring a player that not only has been you know side and side playing with one of the best players ever playing the NBA, has championship pedigree. It can be in the locker room and talk to these guys where literally nobody on the team, not even the head coach, can really talk to what it takes to win the championship. That brings a different dynamic. 
then the question would be, how much are you really willing to pay? And this is my view on it. The Orlando Magic, we know we're not a free agent destination. As much as we want to brag about uh, Sunshine State and no state taxes and the weather is great, I'm sorry. That's We know that that's not enough. We're not Miami. We're not the Lakers. We're not any of these other teams. So you know that the Magic, we're going to have to spend. We're going to have to spend more than the average team would spend. It's just the way that it is. First person that comes to mind is Richard Lewis. So we haven't really signed a big-time free agent in a very, very, very long time. So eventually, the Magic are going to have to spend. Question is, do they want to do that now? Are they willing to throw everything that they have, their future, on a Jordan Poole who could fizzle out? We we don't know. We don't know how he's going to be able to operate under what would be his his own team and what you're hoping for. But in my opinion, I think that's worth the is is worth the risk because we we talked about Donovan Mitchell and Stephen A. Smith is over here talking about how uh the Jazz are asking for RJ Barrett and six first round picks for you know Donovan Mitchell to trade him to the Knicks. It who's doing that? And I get that we already have a lot of young players and we have a lot of draft picks. I get it. At the same time, it's kind of you know, what's what's really worth more? What do you value more? And I think that right now we're lucky that this is a decision down the road because I'm expecting big things from our guards. I'm expecting improvements from Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs barely played 40 games last season. We're seeing that he's already playing. Um, he's already going through some runs. He's having a good offseason. Cole Anthony, we've seen the videos and we, we've seen uh, moving pictures you know, kind of documenting, documenting everything he's done this week, this um, this off season, and we see him putting the work in. And if it if we see this season that you know these guards are really improving and playing better than what we thought, then somebody like Poole doesn't make sense because now you know that you're investing in the guards that you have. But if we get the same production that we got last year, then it's kind of like all right, do we do we keep waiting or do we make a move? And I think that that's really going to be the biggest decision that, you know, the front office will have to make because the 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 two guard is where we're kind of not 100% sure on. There's there's different options there. Yeah. I, I was talking to Al about it earlier, like how, how there's so much uncertainty of one season before the next um, because last season there were players that we were thinking of, like, that people would say, oh, I think he's going to be a long-term starter. He's going to be a, our best player on the team. And then by the year after, he's he's having his roster spot in question. Or by the year after, he's already cut. Like, the guys can fizzle out by, like, just a matter of, of a few months. So, like, the, the league is very unforgiving when it comes to that. And guys can also improve like, like crazy in, in a season. So, you can't really base uh, a, a judgment like this a year ahead because, obviously – you know, Cole and Suggs could have these massive improvements next season. And we're like, okay, our backcourt is set for the future. We don't need to worry about no Jordan Poole. But we could also have an issue where uh, Jordan Poole, you know, he starts averaging like 15 points a game. He's not really that guy anymore. And then it's no longer in the question. So I, obviously this is a topic that is a little premature, but I, I do think it's interesting to think about a team that has Markel Fultz, Jordan Poole, Franz Wagner, Paolo, and Wendell, because that, that legitimately to me is a, a playoff team. Like uh, by next season, by the season after this season, that's a good six seed, five seed, possibly, because that, that that's a very talented team. 
Um, but yeah, obviously there's, there's a lot, a lot of things that factor into it. And, and I think the biggest thing is that time will tell. We'll just have to figure out by waiting. Yeah. I did want to say quickly. So the Warriors this season has scheduled to pay $350 million in salaries and taxes. That's only going to get worse if they resign Jordan Poole. What that will look like if they give him the max, it's around five years, $185 million. So again, in my mind, that doesn't seem realistic at all for them to do unless, again, they make some significant decisions with their roster. Now, if Poole comes to the Magic, according to sporttrack.com, the middle ground in a contract for him might be four years, about $101 million. So let me ask you guys this. Would you pay that contract to Jordan Poole if you were the GM of the Magic next offseason? Yeah. Yeah, comfortably. I took a look at the free agent class, and I, I can't think of the names right now off the jump, but uh, from what I remember, it, it wasn't a, an exciting free agent class or not anyone realistic that we'll be able to add to the team. Eventually, the Magic are going to have to spend money. You either spend that on free agency or you spend it on the players that you have. And I think that if there's one thing the Magic have been consistently good at is that they've been savvy financially. And I think that realistically, I don't know. I, I, I can't see the Magic really spending that much on Jordan Poole because it would just be out of character. Uh, do they really value him that much? Do they think that he would be able to change a team that much to be able to spend that much money granted that sounds like more or less the same contract that we gave nicola but nicola was also a, a, an all-star jordan Poole is not so i'm i'm curious to see uh, so this would just be one of those situations where it's something to keep an eye on we know that nothing can happen right now but i would keep an eye throughout the season on jordan Poole. i would also keep an eye on cole anthony jalen suggs and rj hampton to kind of see where that development is because again, at the at the same time, towards the end of the season, if we see Jalen Suggs being who we thought Jalen Suggs is supposed to be, then Jordan Poole doesn't make sense. So I I may or may not give the contract, just depending on the type of season. If Jordan Poole can have another really good season, then I don't how can you not give him a contract or at least try? I would be offended if the Orlando Magic didn't try to get him. We didn't yeah. offer anything. I'd be extremely offended because then it shows that we're not being aggressive. Yeah, they should at least like you know fly him in, you know, give him the whole pep talk, sweeten the deal, like at least do something. Yeah, to, give to him a tour around the the practice facility. Yep, the multi million dollar whatever that we have, you you do it all because at the very least that's what we're supposed to do. But at the same time, I also think that the Magic do have to make noise this season, and we've been they reading do. kind of the last couple of days on where people realistically think the Orlando Magic will end up. A lot of things that we've been reading, the the media outlets are saying that, you know, the Magic are going to be improving, but we're not really going to see it, you know, on the record side. I think that for free agents to want to come here and, and make a difference and, and maybe not try to squeeze the Magic out of every penny and dollar, they need to be able to show that, you know, we're, we're trending in the right direction and, and we're, we're getting wins. Yeah, yeah, which I think we are there, right? We're there. It's just a matter of now seeing it happen on the court. Yeah, it, it, I think this the schedule plays a big part in it because I think it's funny how you know before the schedule released, everyone was like, "Oh, the Magic should be gunning for forty. You know, we should be going for at 35, 32, somewhere around there." Or some of you saying forty-five, and I'm like, "All right, 
And then the schedule releases and, and you start to actually take a look. You, your mind refreshes and realize, oh, these are NBA teams. They have this player, this player now. And you start to realize, wow, this is going to be a little tougher than we thought it was. And people's expectations kind of get tempered. So I, I personally, if, if I'm going to try to make a realistic prediction, I, I don't know if 35 is actually realistic. I, I think 35 is best case scenario. I'd say 30 is pretty likely. But um, again, the way that the draft class is looking next year too, um, the the tough road stretches that we've got, I would not be surprised. I'm not saying I want them to. I would not be surprised if they go for another Tankathon special, just because it's it, it's it's very very top heavy on that draft. What would be carrying real real quick, just to kind of add to that? What would you say would need to be the starting lineup? For you to say, man, the Magic are really trying to not tank, but to really push and try to make it into a play-in playoff spot. I, I think right now, uh, if you take uh, each player at how good they are at this moment, or at least how good I think they are at this moment, um, you'd start Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, Paolo, and Wendell. Just because, and, and the reason I put Cole over Suggs is I think just the rocky start he had. That, that was kind of expected. And then you go on the bench and you have uh, defensive players like uh, Jonathan Isaac and Jalen Suggs, who you can rotate uh, pretty evenly, especially late in the in the fourth quarter during crunch time when you need that those defensive reps. Um, th- there's a lot of ways to, to kind of mix uh, to mix around the rotation. But I, I do think that would be our starting lineup if we really wanted to push for a win, um, just because I, I think you, you're going to we're going to see some improvements in Cole Anthony. I think he's been putting in a ton of work this offseason. So. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, year three, Cole. Um, but yeah, I think that that's probably our best available roster right now. Our best five man lineup would be that. I don't know, man. I, I got a feeling that Cole is definitely going to come off the bench. I don't want him to, but I if I if I was to make a prediction right now, I see it's Markel, Gary, Franz, uh, Paul, and Window, Paulo and Window. Well, Gary. So yeah, I Harris, see. Huh? I see. I see Gary Harris just because it's uh, it's already a young roster. He brings his. Uh, you're putting a veteran in there that can really support Markel Fultz. Um, and I think this is this is my logic behind it is really giving Cole Anthony the the minutes in the point guard position um, with the second unit. And I think that that would even help out that much more with getting Jonathan Isaac back in as well. Uh, that's that's where I would I would put my money. Let's see. That's a. I mean, if you're trying to win, makes sense. Gary Harris in the starting lineup. He's probably the best two way player that we have right now. Whether it's defense and shooting, um, it's a veteran presence adds balance to the to the lineup. So if you're really trying to win, that's how you would do it. Honestly, um, if you're trying to develop, however, then you give the minutes to you know Cole Anthony, Mark uh, Jalen Suggs. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how training camp kind of plays out and how the rotation looked like when, you know, preseason starts. So early on, kind of what's mostly trying to do in preseason. That's going to dictate a lot of what happens in the regular season. Yeah. Now, keep in mind who I want and who I think to start are two completely different things. Yeah. If it was me, I'd I'd want want Jalen Suggs to have that second spot. But that's only if the shooting is where it needs to be. I mean, and I, I, I agree. Like it, it's completely different when, when you like what you want, like as like just as a fan, who you want to start and what is actually going to happen. Because I know a lot, a lot of people last year when they saw like Franz was starting after the the summer league and preseason he had, people were were pissed. They were like, uh, 
Franz is starting over guys like Chuma and stuff. And obviously he proved everyone wrong. So you, you can't, you kind of can't really get a, a, a good gauge on what the team can be as a cohesive unit of five until they're actually out there on the floor. So I, I like, like you said, Anthony, I wouldn't be surprised if Gary's out there because he, he does provide a lot, a lot of uh, much needed shooting to the team um, that you don't get out of, out of Jalen Suggs. So um Having Gary out there with his veteran presence, that definitely would help Markel get his uh his playmaking reps uh get his playmaking reps off. I, I think it'd be it'd be a smart decision if they're looking to win right now, but it just it really depends on the context of what Coach Mose wants for the team. Yeah, and then a lot of that, and as you mentioned earlier, Kieran, a lot of that has to do with our schedule. So the the NBA did release the schedules for all the teams, and we're kind of able to see exactly how things are going to start off for the Orlando Magic and. You know, six of the first eight games are on the road, followed by some, followed by seven, um, seven games at home. But what are your thoughts so far? Looking at the schedule, um, how you think it looks for the Orlando Magic? Does it does it help at all? Does it make it easier for our run to the play-in? What are your thoughts on the schedule? Oh, Al, you could go ahead. Yeah, so I think that first, you know, six out of eight on the road it's going to test the team a little bit, right? But the good thing for me personally is it's going to get these guys to get that chemistry going even more. You know, you're going to be on the road, getting to know different cities, having dinner together. It gets that chemistry going early on in the season. And then after that, you come home for seven games straight, although there's some tough games in there, um, the Warriors being one of them, you get to come home and kind of just say, put it all together. Hey, we we got training camp down. We got some games on the road. Let's play the seven games at home and hopefully go on a stretch. The bad thing is the month of middle, middle of November to like middle of December, it's going to be brutal for the Magic. Uh, a ton of, I think we play only two teams that are not playoff teams in that stretch. So it's going to be really, really tough for the Orlando Magic uh, right after that. So the first 30 or so games are going to be a test. You got to survive that. If some way, somehow you manage to win, you know, 12, 13 games out of those first 30, which would mean almost 500 basketball, that would be really impressive for the Magic early on in the season. Um, quickly, also breaking it down a little further, the schedule. So games on national TV, that was a big topic for all of us. How many are we going to get? So the Magic only got one game on what you would consider national TV. That would be TNT. That's going to be November 1st at OKC. We did also get three other games on on what you would call now NBA TV. You can call it national TV or not, but yeah. we do have three of those. Um, two against the Knicks, one, one against the Suns. Um, the Magic will have 13 sets of back-to-back games this season, so not horrible. We've seen wars in the past. Um, and like we said earlier, their longest uh, home stretch of the season is going to be seven games uh, right at the start of the season. Um, some key dates to consider. Our good friend Clifford returns October 28th to Orlando as a head coach of the Hornets. That's going to be interesting. Uh, Chet against Paulo gets national TV exposure. We got we got that on November 1st. Of course, we also have Jabari Smith against Paulo on November 7th. So same week, we get to see the, the top two rookies there go against um, Paulo. And then the Magic will be home for Christmas and New Year's. That's always helpful. You know, they're going to be around their families and stuff, things like that. So... What about you, Kieran? Now you wrote an article for us on on the site today, OrlandoMagicHQ.com. You kind of broke it down a little bit further. What are your thoughts on the schedule? Does it help the Magic? Does it not? Go for it. it it's it's really tough to tell because it's it's very hot and cold. Like you said, there's that that nice little seven game home stretch 
like right out the gates, like literally two weeks into the season. And then after that, you're playing strictly playoff teams for almost a whole month and a few back-to-backs in there, um, just moving cities back and forth. It's, it's a lot of real competition you got to face. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's it's a it's going to cause us to tank, but it's going to be a very tough challenge for this young team to kind of put the pieces together, overcome these these obstacles. Because again, that that's going to be really difficult to to kind of just get thrown in the wolves out there before you're even near the All Star break. Um, but I, there's also a lot to to um, to talk about when it comes to uh, healthy teams, uh, teams that are coming back healthy, like in the West. Um, People were always saying, yes, uh, last season, how the East was really dominant. East is looking better. East is back on the map. But um, I did write in the article about how that's that's probably only a one season thing for now, because as we as it was pretty obvious, the the Clippers are, are a very good team. They they even made the the Western Conference Finals without Kawhi, and and they've only gotten better. They've got a deep bench. Um, they add Kawhi back this year. Um, the Nuggets are adding Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. this year. Um, Zion's going back to the Pelicans. So there's some real firepower back in the West. That was probably one of the main reasons why those playing spots in the East last season were so competitive and so tight, um, just because there was so much uh, so much firepower in the East compared to the West. Um, but now that those teams are healthy, they're going to take the wins away from the East, and we're going to start to see a little bit more of a balance between um, Eastern teams instead of, you know, uh, sorry, Western teams. Instead of it being top-heavy, you only have, like, Memphis and and uh, Phoenix and Golden State were the only hard hitters over in the West. So I, I do think it's going to be slightly easier um, winning record wise to make a playing spot in the East. But I also don't think it's going to be as simple as just, oh, the Magic should just go all in and try to win right now. Just because our individual schedule, us as a team, it looks it like like plenty of other seasons we've had where we, we look like we're getting screwed in certain situations, whether it be time related uh, geographically, there's there's a lot of factors that can that can uh, really affect this team. So um, I I think it's I'm not gonna say it's a good thing for this team. I think it's a challenge. But like like we said earlier, it's it's an evaluation year. You're not really uh, right away looking at tank. You're not looking at Victor Wembanyama with your your eyes all you know uh, glowing and stuff. You you don't you don't want to look at that. You don't want to start out with that mentality. But if it comes to that, um, and you really have to. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. You just don't have the the pieces right now to be a winning playoff team, and that's okay. You you need to you need to take time to get there. But um, yeah, it, it's all just going to depend on the course of the season. Um, throughout the stretches, those home stretches, those road stretches, we're going to see what this team is really made of. Yeah, and and let's say the Orlando Magic don't make the play in. As long as they're fighting to get into it, I consider that a very successful um, season. Even if we don't make the play in, because. Magic only won 22 games last season, and we've already went through the numbers in previous episodes of how many games it would need to win if we we're going based on last year's record um, to be able to make it into the play-in, um, and it's a pretty wide jump. And, you know, could the Magic do that? They could. They can surprise people. We saw Cleveland do it. Um, but, you know, it's it's very also unlikely. But we we like everything that we're seeing. We're, we're understanding that players were – weren't as healthy and we're getting a healthy team back. And we're, we're hoping that these uh, rookies and these, these sophomores that, you know, going into the season, we, we were hoping to see that development. Um, and I think that with these national, not considered fully national with the NBA TV games, 
but we're hoping that the exposure is is there as well. Uh, I love the fact that our one, if we're only going to get one national televised game, um, I like the fact that it's against Chad Holmgren and, and OKC. I think that's exciting, and I think that a lot of people are going to watch that game because we were kind of robbed from that in the summer league, and we were also robbed from that um, in, in the crossover. And this gives everyone the opportunity to be able to see it on TNT. It's going to be the game that people are, are talking about. Um, I look at the Knicks game, and I really think that's more of a Greg Anthony nod. If you're really, really looking, it's on NBA TV. It's against New York. There's a high likelihood that Greg Anthony is going to be the analyst for both of those games. Um, so I, I, I guess if you're going to like, I'm looking at him like, why? Why is it that they gave us two NBA TV games and against the Knicks? Like, why? I, I guess that kind of makes sense. And I think uh, the game against the Suns, I, I think that was just a random selection. I'm not sure why. Like that to me doesn't. It was probably just for the Suns. It probably had to do with us. Yeah, exactly. 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 But I, I think for the most part, it's at least going to be exciting. I wish I went and I'm sure that the schedule was made before it all happened. Um, but it would have been nice to have one of those NBA TV games against um, against Atlanta. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, with, with that being said, I mean, we, we're looking at, you know, the Jabari versus Paolo November 7th. Um, you had a mention already. We already mentioned Chet and Paolo. Uh, we're talking about Clifford coming back. I mean, what game excites you the most? I mean, for me personally, you, you know what I'm going to say, right? So you got Steph coming early in the season to Orlando for the first time in years. Um, every time they've come to Orlando, it's always in February, March. Usually the team is injured by then, uh, whether it's Green or Clay or Steph. So I'm actually looking forward to that game, seeing what the Warriors look like this season. Of course, NBA champs. Arena's going to be... Yeah, there you go, future magic, Jordan Poole. Um, the arena is always packed, you know, for that game's excitement. But most importantly, the magic, for some reason, always play well against the Warriors at home. Uh, I think we've beaten, beaten them the last two years at home. So I think imagine now having, you know, Paolo, all these young guys healthy, hopefully by then also, and we end up beating them as the NBA champs. I think that's going to be a boost in confidence. So that's a game that I have circled on my calendar, not only because Steph's coming to Orlando, but also because if we can some way, somehow win that game, it's going to be a huge boost to us. That's the start of a seven-game homestand, too. So if you win that game, you can potentially win three, four, five in that stretch. And then um, recently in the Orlando Sentinel article, um, and I want to touch base on this really quick, um, Markel Fultz had um, – uh, this to say, I am honestly the most excited I've ever been. This is a summer I can really focus on my summer and enjoy the process. When we talk about Markel Fultz, we know at the end of the season, um, we got to see him back on the court, back in Orlando Magic uniform. He was on minute restrictions, barely playing no more than as soon as he hit that 20-minute mark, he was coming out of the game. Um, but we saw a lot of really good flashes. Do you consider this season – being the most important season for Markel Fultz and the Magic. Yeah, I think for his, for not even just for his his spot on like uh, as a starter. I think just for his career, this is his time to sort of prove everybody wrong to to show why um, why this this process was so so uh, important to him. Why being uh, a part of the Magic was was important to him because he he spent a lot of time under scrutiny. You know, uh, number one pick didn't perform to what everyone expected. Um, and then once he's, he's playing pretty well for Orlando, he gets injured, he goes down for a year. He comes back, he plays pretty well, but he's on a minute restriction, so it's not getting all that much attention. So we get to kind of see it in full display 
and on for an entire season instead of just a couple months. So this is this is pretty uh, a pretty big game changer for just Markel as as a person. I'm I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the table to to really solidify himself as the the, the point guard of the future. Yeah, as you mentioned, I think not only you know with his spot with with the Magic, but also again in the NBA in general, but. Most importantly, really, is what are the Magic going to do going forward at that point guard position? Again, we talked about it before. Cole, Suggs, Markel. If it comes in, and God forbid, we don't want to see this. We are, you know, adamant about not wanting to see this. But if he does get hurt again for any reason, and then you got Cole that comes out and balls out like he did last year early in the season, it's going to be hard to sit down Cole Anthony after that. No matter what happens with Markel, you got to keep him in the starting lineup. Like you said, Anthony, earlier, what if Jalen Suggs puts it together? and plays like the fourth pick of the draft that we thought he was going to be, or, or fifth pick in the draft last year that we thought he was going to be, and it starts balling out. And yeah, Markel's not there to defend his case or to, to, to add contribution to, to the team, what we expect him to. So I think it's going to be important for him, but most importantly, again, it's, it's the health factor. He's got to be healthy. He's got to play at least at least 70 games this year, be out there, you know, 25, 30 minutes a night, and lead to wins, lead this team, you know, scoring once in a while, push the pace, organize the offense. If he can do that, he's a starting point guard in this team at least next year also. But if he cannot do that, it's going to be rough for us to continue to defend him and wanting to be the starting in the starting lineup. And also, again, some of those young guys right behind him might simply outplay him and take his spot. Absolutely. A lot. This time is going by slow and fast at the same time august is almost over we got media day on september 26th training camp starting on the 27th of september so um, before you know it we're going to be already there and a lot of these questions that we have we're going to finally start to get some of the answers for them um other than that man really good episode if you aren't already following kirian make sure to do so on his twitter at kp20 magic um a lot of his takes i agree with so he's definitely one of my favorite followers so i appreciate you karen for yeah. uh, for just saying a lot of things i agree with it may it makes my life a little bit easier um and then also make sure to check out orlandomagichq.com for his articles on that note it's a wrap karen appreciate you joining us and we'll catch you guys next week thank you for listening to the ozone podcast the voice of magic fans for all the latest orlando magic news and updates follow us on twitter at the ozone pod and on instagram at orlando magic hq remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms introducing wonder suite from bluehost.com Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.